0: In London, technology is the Silicon Roundabout. Introducing a new talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. Silicon Real. Each week, interviewing entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, financial technology, accelerators, and incubators in an exciting three-person format. Learn about the people behind the innovation. Locally filmed, locally sourced. Silicon Reel. It's about the people. This is Silicon Reel, the weekly talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I am Brian Rose. I also host London Real. It's the same studio, but it's not always tech people. We've had some uh, BAFTA-winning filmmakers, some uh, politicians, some musicians, some, uh, what, cage fighters. Did
1: it, I it... see an NBA player?
0: Yeah. Did I see that on... Yeah, so the guy this week, he used to play in the Houston Rockets cool. and the New Jersey Nets, and he, he went head-to-head with LeBron James, and he was just telling me, and he was saying, now he now he plays for Barcelona. And I was like, is the trash talk, is it always in English? You know, because he plays in Europe, and he's like, yeah, always in English. <laughs> always in English. So, like, all the guys yeah, know the, the English track. Trash Talk, nice. which apparently goes on the whole game. So. Right, right, Yeah. So anyways, it's all good. If you want to check that out, it's at TV. But today we're here to talk tech. Uh, my co-host is back, Colin Pyle. Uh, you're here for good, kind of good, right? Kind of good. Okay. Yeah. Um, how's, uh, how's being back in London? Uh, how's the coffee scene? How was the carnival last weekend in London?
1: Yeah, things things are good. I, <laughs> I took off for the carnival. You jetted. Yeah, okay. I went and saw the English countryside for the first time. Oh, nice. For really, mm-hmm. relative first time. So South Devon, beautiful. Yeah, yeah even got good. some decent weather. Yeah. yeah um coffee's good new website launching soon new blends out so we're just really excited we got four months of a lot of hard work and a lot of push and uh you know, really make or break if, if, if uh, we, you know, we're either going to win or lose in the next four months. So
0: awesome. Exciting time. That's so kind of awesome. exciting, but that's kind of nice to have like a very uh, a, a specific goal, you know, that you yeah. got to get there and you got the decaf blend, you got the other blends, you got everything else working great. Coming right? out.
1: Absolutely. Right. And some big news. I, I won't, I won't share just yet because I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch, but okay. i trying to get into a big named retailer uh, mid October. So, yeah.
0: Very good. And uh, a lot of people that have sat in this chair here are now drinking your coffee. So yep. if you're in the tech startup space, get on board, support another tech startup, not those, uh, those uh, Swiss conglomerates, yeah. which we won't mention. So. Uh, Nestle. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nestle. Um, all right. On to the show. Our guest today is Diane Perlman, who is uh, Microsoft's UK's startup lead, uh, driving Microsoft Ventures initiatives in the UK to help startups grow, uh, partner, and prosper. You came to London 14 years ago, writing uh, the internet bubble, uh, or surfing the internet bubble um, as a startup marketing director. Then you went to an agency, and now you are back in the trenches with the startups. Diane, welcome to Silicon Real.
2: Thank you very much. Great to be here.
0: It's, uh, it's nice to have you here. You know, I was watching um, a, an interview with you, and you had you co- been quoted as saying, Microsoft is the original tech startup, which is hard to argue with that, um, with, <laughs> with, with, yeah. with Bill Gates. I mean, like, I think maybe Intel before that, but you really were. Um, but you also said you guys have been out of the space for a while. You want to be back in the conversation and build relationships with startups. I was wondering how you're doing that here uh, in London.
2: Great. Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, we we've been working very hard over the past year um, building our the accelerator program, um, which basically is a 14 week um, full fully immersive accelerator uh, program. It's basically a mini entrepreneur MBA. So we take well at the moment we've got 12 startups starting on Monday in our new cohort. Um, we've done one full cohort already and a in a pilot last September. Um, and basically we're we're working with the teams kind of in the trenches to help them you know get from whatever point they are at, at seed stage. To you know, to launch or to the next stage of their development. So you know, we're we're there with them, um, focused completely on helping helping them succeed. And and the other thing we have is is a program called BizSpark, which you might have heard of before, which we've yeah. been doing for about five years now. And that's a global program, as is as is Microsoft Ventures accelerators. Uh, but we have about uh, I think we're in about fifty different countries, and we've got about five hundred thousand startups on on BizSpark, uh, which gives them free tools and technology, um, especially during that time when they need you know need to get over the, the hump when they have no money to pay for software licenses, et cetera, and cloud. So, you know, some great programs that are really focused on helping startups succeed.
0: And BizBar kind of provides that free infrastructure, um, but they don't actually accelerate. That's what you guys do in Microsoft. That's
2: right. That's right. Yeah.
0: We had Roxanne Varza here from uh, Paris, your Paris, about a year ago. It was a long time ago, like 10 months ago. And we had Bindi, too, who used to... She used to do Be Spark before I
2: took the took the role. But do they do an
0: accelerator program in Paris, or is that just a business? They do. Yeah. So we've got
2: now we've got seven accelerators globally. We're in um, Tel Aviv, Beijing, Bangalore, Berlin, Paris, London, and now in Redmond, Washington, at our headquarters. Okay. Just opened there. So yeah. So we've got a really nice and growing accelerator footprint. Yeah. Yeah. Lots in Europe, which is exciting
0: what will like the next few weeks be like? I'm just, it feels like you're going back to high school. school yeah. Exactly. It's like you're it a <laughs> like your like, teacher and you got your new cohort. Oh, coming in, completely. Right? It must be like going to a new high school and you like, don't know who's going to be in right, there. And right. you know, don't know who's going to be like the cheerleader or the football <laughs> coach. I don't know. What's it like those first few weeks? Is everybody a little nervous? Do yeah, it
2: to- is. It's amazing. It's very much like first day of school. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's, a, there's a real buzz. I mean, on Monday morning we'll have probably around 50, Fifty, um, you know, people in in the door um, amongst those twelve startups because they'll probably bring all, all their teams, and um, you know, there's just so much energy. We do an orientation. We do some fun kind of icebreaker exercises. Uh, we do some pitch coaching on the day to get them kind of mixing and mingling and getting to know each other. And um, and then one of the other big things that happens during the week is we have a mentor matching evening on the Wednesday, and so all of our uh, mentors come in, and are all of our advisors and our partners. And basically, it's a big kind of meet-and-greet, chemistry kind of evening um, where we, where we you know, get everybody to, to figure out who they, who they want to be mentored by and who the mentors want to, want to mentor, which startups are really exciting them. So you know, those are kind of some of the highlights. Um, and... Uh, mentor speed dating? A bit like that. Yeah, it's who, a bit like that. Who gets the
1: final choice? Well <laughs> the, like, no, at the end of the no, no, no. evening,
2: the mentors will will uh, tell us their top three okay. choices, and okay. the startups tell us their top three choices nice. and then uh, and then well generally, sort of myself and and one or two of my colleagues, we sit down with a spreadsheet and then work a it as a bit of science and a bit of magic and right, uh, right, and right. we make it all come out. but we, you know the track record is pretty good so far, and um you know it's, we take it really seriously because if you get the chemistry wrong, you know if the match isn't right, it, it can be uh, it can set the guys back, so it's really important to you know. Put the right people together, yeah. but you know it is—it is—it's like the first day of school. And I feel—I was saying earlier um, to one of my colleagues—I I feel the, the the a real responsibility with it, you know, because these twelve startups—they're at a really crucial stage of their development, and they have you know—they're putting their trust in us, and they're coming to us for fourteen weeks when they could be doing lots of other things, you know, so it's a big responsibility. I, f- I, feel, I feel the weight of that, you know. When yeah, because you can
0: make or break that company. I mean, yeah, I, th- right. I have a firm yeah. opinion that Accelerate could be the wrong move or then they, or worst case, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity cost because they mm. miss out for three months, which yeah. I guess can change the market in a big way.
1: Yeah, I guess, what, what does
0: help mean? Do you know mm. what I mean? So maybe you can
1: explain what, what do you guys do? You provide mentors, you mm. provide space, but is yeah. there anything else? Are you relatively hands-off? or
2: No, it's a very hands-on program, okay. so um, during the 14 weeks, we have a, a core curriculum that we deliver, everything from lean startup to technology to um, storytelling, pitching, funding. Um, you know, we take them through um, through the help of our partners like Barclays and KPMG and Wigan and Edelman and Wolf-Olins and Jensen and a couple of others. We, we give them everything from, you know, IP law to UK tax to social media, um, uh, storytelling, you know brand all, all the the MBA. full gamut so it's really a mini entrepreneur mba so the guys are busy when they wow. come in it's you know it's full on and they do, they're doing workshops they have one to ones um and the, the mentoring is also quite intense. We, um, we have a quite, a, um, I guess, an interesting philosophy on, on mentoring. Um, we don't have a, a, a large group of mentors um, who kind of dip in and out. We have a very small group of very experienced mentors who are all entrepreneurs in their own right, who've you know been very successful and built and grown and exited companies or they're prolific early stage investors. And so they commit an hour a week um, to the team that they're um, paired with. So it's, it's really great. It means that those guys really get to see them through. Um, and another thing that we do, which is part of the program which I love, which I've been working a lot on, is uh, around um, getting our startups together with our customers. Because one of the great things about Microsoft is that every big company in the world is a, is a customer of ours, right. basically. And so one thing that startups need uh, as much, if not more, than they need money, they need uh, customers. So, um, we've got this great program where we put the startups together with customers um, and help them build those relationships. So, you know, those are just some of the things we do. And we don't take any equity. So, um, you know, that's a key piece of of the thing. How does that
0: change the relationship when you don't take equity? Because I'm always curious about that. Because if just a few programs don't take equity, does that, yeah, how does that change the relationship in your opinion compared to the other accelerator.
2: In my opinion, I mean, I think, it's, I think it gives you more of kind of a, a pure relationship. You know, we can be completely focused on the success of the startups, wh- whatever that means for them. You know, it could mean that it's a, you know, that they raise a round. It could mean that they pivot. It could mean that they get a licensing deal. You know, it could mean a number of things. But if, for example, we, we've, we've taken equity, you know, we've, we've got certain other motivations and goals around what success looks like. Um, that's more about, maybe our goals than, than the startups perhaps. So I think, you know, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to do it, but, but I think, I think it's great that we we're able to do this. We're not in the accelerator business, you know, like some of the others are. And, and so it means that, that we can just focus on helping the startups be successful.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the accelerator business. We've had, you know, Wayra on here, mm-hmm. and they talk about the customer bases. They're, you know, potentially Telefonica people, that kind of thing. And they have a lot of places in a lot of places. But that's what Wayra mm-hmm. does. You know, you're in Central Working. We had James Dayton on here a couple months ago. What a great guy. Um, he's so passionate about his space and, and everything they do. But you're also with other accelerators. I mean, the, the um, Escalators there, which is mm-hmm. the Techstars, Barclays, you know, JV. Yep. Um, how, does it, how does it feel being around other accelerators kind of in the same space? and what do you see out there that accelerators that do it right and and do it wrong?
2: Well, we we love it. I mean, we we very much um, want to be um, and are you know more and more becoming you know in just a short space of a year that we've been doing this you know part of that part of that community and and because we have our BizSpark program we we're in partnership with all the accelerators and kind of co-working spaces and incubators around around London and, and around the UK um, even because they all offer BizSpark into their um, into their communities and so it's very much a community thing for us and we you know we've been over our, we had our, some of our tech guys in at, tech, at the TechStars um, next door to um, talk with the teams about um, about what they're doing in the cloud and. Um, uh, and Microsoft Azure, and how you know how they can scale their scale their business and so you know we, we really we want to be there to help and you know and and um, and work with those those other accelerators and even at our at our pitch day, for example, um, last um, in April, we actually invited uh, a handful of other accelerators to send one one team to come and pitch at our pitch day, which was quite unusual hmm. i don 't think anyone 's done that um, before, so you know we 're very much um, want to be very inclusive and are being very inclusive with, with the community. And, uh, you know, we, we want to help everybody. So you out. invited
0: the accelerator to come and listen to the
2: final pitches. We actually invited. Oh. So for example, in our pitch, at our pitch day, it's called the pitch. Right. We had, um, actually in the end, we just had, um, we just had one other accelerator pitching, but we had a, a team from Seedcamp camp okay. that came and pitched on stage with our startups. So we had our 12 startups and we also had somebody from Seedcamp. camp oh, from
0: their, final uh, from, their piece, from one of their
2: cohorts. Yeah. yeah came so they were, I think they were in a you know a previous graduated cohort but you know it's just a way to you know we've got the room full of investors so why keep it to ourselves you know let's bring in other parts of the community and, and share the share the love do
0: you ever feel, uh, or you must get asked this question, whether the space is over-incubated, because we know Cisco is there and, and uh, Waira is there with Telefonica, you, Barclay's doing the JV. You know, there's, there's a lot of different so accelerators. Does it feel, and is it true that the, the other top 20 corporates on the FTSE are going to bring their own in the next two years? Is there a point where it gets to be too much, or is there just, is there not enough love for this community?
2: Gosh, it, it's a really good question. I think... I think that there might be a bit of an accelerator bubble going on. I mean, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of activity, and every day there seems to be a new corporate accelerator happening, and a lot of corporates are coming to talk to us and saying, you guys are doing it, you seem to be doing it well, you know, right. help us get started, or can we do something with you? And, you know, so that's, of course, I mean, it's been massively flattering about, you know, kind of the you know, testament to what we're doing and building, which is great. But, you know, I think, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of startups in the U.K., um, tech scene, and, and also startups are coming from all over the world to come and be in London. You know, we have startups coming into our next cohort from um, as far away as Japan. Um, you know, we have a Belgian team, we have an Italian team. You know, so you know, London is a is a magnet. So I think I think there's a, you know startups are coming from other places to to be in London. So I think I think there's enough enough to go around. But ultimately, you know, we will get to a point where you know, we just maybe cannibalizing each other. I I don't know.
1: How many applications out of curiosity did you get?
2: Uh, we, we get a couple hundred applications. I mean, um, you know, it's always a popular question. Um, I'm a big believer in, in in quality over Over quantity. quantity. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's really, it's really
1: true. Do you, I guess you notice it staying on par to last year, or are you finding that, you know, that, that pool is getting a little bit diluted?
2: Uh, well, I mean, we we um, we increased our numbers since you know of, of right. applications since last year. It was our our first intake was, was last the the spring intake that we did. Yeah. So we were you know we were still very when we were uh, taking applications at that point, which was last sort of this year last time. I mean last year this time. Yeah. We um you know we were still very unknown in terms of what we were doing in this space. So you know so we'll continue to see that increase as we get better and better known.
0: You mentioned mm-hmm. the speed dating night of mentors <laughs> coming in is that a large percentage of Microsoft staff or does that mm-hmm. and is that one of the assets you bring to the table or is it is it a mix of everyone
2: it's a mix we have uh, quite a few uh, Microsoft um, people from from all parts of Microsoft from you know from Skype and from Yammer um, and from from Microsoft um, so it's, it's a mix but we have a lot of people who are um, entrepreneurs that are really keen to give back you know we've got for example the the fa- one of the founders of the founder of secret escapes we've got one of the original founders of three um, mobile uh, talk talk we've got you know quite a range of really experienced entrepreneurs who you know have given their time to come and work with teams and, and they, they love it. And we, you know, we are very grateful that they, you know, that they want to do it and want to come and work with us in the teams. I
0: mean, you guys have huge assets, you know, cause you have yeah. the team from Microsoft, like you said, you have the customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, so do you think you bring a lot to the table when these companies are coming <laughs> in? Are you like, this is a no brainer for you because we have these, all these assets?
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm. Of course, I, I say yes. You know, I think I think Microsoft is, is really well placed to do this. You know, as one of the biggest technology companies in the world, it means that you know we can you know we can really offer a lot to the startups um, from that perspective. You know, so whether it's the technical expertise that we have on the inside and the technical mentors that we can bring to you know to the to the to the access to customers, our our partners, our ecosystem. Um, you know, I think I think we have a lot to offer, and I think it I think it does set us apart in that in that way way Talk
0: to me about platforms. I know you, you probably accept things from all platforms, Mm -hmm. but obviously you have a Microsoft platform. How does it come when your selection process, obviously Mm -hmm. BizSpark, you're pushing your products Mm -hmm. and how does that all work when it comes to acceleration?
2: Yep. That's a good question. A lot of people think that we only take startups that are using our platforms and it's not true. So we, um, we made a decision when we started the accelerator programs that, that, you know, um, we, we, we won't require that startups are building on our stack on our platforms when they come into the accelerator. we will ask them to trial uh, Microsoft Azure, which is our cloud, which is an open—you know—it's—it's it's not uh, limited to our own technologies. You can build on any platform and and use uh, Azure. It's a—it's a fantastic cloud cloud product. And as a BizSpark member, they, they get it for free anyway. And, and the teams that come into our accelerator get onto BizSpark Plus, which gives them sixty thousand dollars of, of Azure over one year. So you know it's it's a fantastic deal. And um, so we will you know coach them through that. Not all of them will will go on, but most of them will will at least try it and and um, and and take it from there. So it's a very, it's a very light touch. Um, and you know, if the platform's not right, then it's not right. The focus is on helping them succeed.
0: And your pitch day is in December now for this class?
2: December 3rd is our next pitch day. And like
0: when you, when you go on New Year's Eve and you're toasting wherever you are, what will be a success in your mind with this class? Like, what is the success? I know you don't have an equity stake, but is there something in your mind where you're like, or January or February where you're like, this is (laughs) means that I did a good job.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are probably qu- quite a few factors. You know, I mean, we have we have a set of a set of metrics and things that we look at internally. But you know, I think I think from my perspective, we, we had a we had a really strong cohort last uh, last time, and our pitch day was was fantastic. We had we had it at Millbank Tower, and we had the auditorium sat 300, and I think we we were over, overflowing, and it was the day of a tube strike, so mm-hmm. we were um you know we were sweating sweating it out, but we had a fantastic crowd. The startups performed like magic you know it was it was great we had a massive party on the 24th floor afterwards and you know it was great so I think for me it would be you know that and better and and also you know we we spend a lot of time at the beginning of the program in fact next week one of the other things that we do during that week one is we have something called the startup pulse where we sit down and we, we bring in all the people who are going to be delivering workshops and courses during the the um, program, and we, we sit them around a table. There's probably about ten or so people, including myself and, and our CEO and residents, and uh, other people on the team. And um and they we basically do a like an hour long deep dive with each team to kind of really understand, really get to get you know get underneath the bonnet and, and make sure that we understand you know exactly what their business model is, what stage they're at, what their finance is, you know what's their corporate structure, where the, are there any skeletons in the closet that we need to know about, you know, and we want to find out right at the beginning. And and we also ask them what they want to achieve out of the 14 weeks and so you know we'll we'll look back with them and say okay where are we so success i think is is knowing that actually we've helped those teams get to where they want to be and uh and that we've helped them you know get funding get new customers whatever the you know whatever that goal is um what's
0: a typical skeleton in a closet. Is it like some founder that no one knew about, or some some LLP agreement that's not correct, or what was it?
2: Uh, typical is around corporate structure. Usually, the you know the, the, yeah. there's like
0: a lack five thereof. founders,
2: and they've said let's split it five ways, and right. you know there's no equity to give to an investor, or you know there's a poor corporate structure, or they've given away too much already. Um, that kind of thing kind of happens a lot. Uh, we might find out that they've got a lot less runway than they than they thought and they're in in dire straits or, you know, it's, it's, it's a range of things, but those are the, those are some of the...
1: What, What stage are companies that, that, that enter generally? Um,
2: they're at, at, I'll say broadly at seed stage, okay. uh, which could mean a, you know, a variety of things, but we've had companies that are in, you know, in sort of prototype ready, ready to, um, ready to do some, you know, integration with it, with a customer. We've had, you know, alpha and beta stage. We've had, um, teams that are already, um, uh, selling products okay. and have paying customers. So it's just so a quite a range. range. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause it sounds like a pretty intense sort of, mm. you know, a, a mini MBA for startups you know if you had to run a business while going to do that it would be yeah quite time consuming so yeah it is yeah. and
2: it is challenging you know sure. we have we've, we've um we've learned a lot over the the pilot and the and the first cohort that we did and and we were constantly sort of refining the <clears throat> the program and um and we're now in this in this one that we're doing we we've we've shortened a lot of the workshops to make them a lot punchier um you know we've learned a lot about kind of not loading up the days too much and you know how right. we kind of the cadence of things so so we really try to you know, make it such that it it works, but it's, it's very full on. Um, yeah, it's pretty full on.
0: And you don't give them cash. You just give them space to work in and all of the education.
2: That's right. That's okay. right. But we do. Um, we've had we've been really fortunate that two of our partners, um, Jensen Solutions and Ventures in Motion. I don't know if you know those guys, but um, great guys. They've been partners of ours since um, last year when we started, and they um, they like what we're doing so much. They created a fund um, specifically for our accelerator, which called the JVM Technology Fund. And so every startup that gets accepted into the program, um, starting with this cohort uh, coming in next week, um, is eligible for 000, up to seventy five thousand pounds in um, funding. It's a convertible note. Uh, very, very, uh, favorable terms. Okay.
0: Is it for um, one of those or anyone that they deem?
2: Uh, every, each one of the 12 is, is eligible okay. with okay. some light due diligence. So basically, you know, if you were one of the 12 that got in and you wanted some cash to help you, you know, get through the program and, and fuel your growth uh, at that stage, then, then, you know, they would start the process and you would be eligible for that.
1: And convertible
0: at a discount to the, mm-hmm. the, the first round after. That's the, right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Cool.
0: And they spend yeah. uh, seven day, five days a week or seven days a week maybe at your space or do they yeah. only come in on a, on a few days? No,
2: they come in, they're a full-time okay. resident at the program. You know, yeah.
0: I didn't realize Y Combinator in San Francisco, they only come in one day a week
2: oh, is that right? and yeah, they, make them, that. they
0: make them find their own space because they mm-hmm. think it's so they can get their own identity or I don't know, maybe they're going to be roommates somewhere or something but I didn't realize that. No, I didn't find, find it an interesting, probably not the most practical thing, especially maybe not in central London but yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I think it's really, it's really um, great and, and in, in the first in this cohort that we finished in in April it was really amazing to see just the way the teams bonded with each other they became such a strong group and i'll be interested to see how the next cohort gels because everybody's you know it's going to be a different set of personalities and and uh, and and all of that but you know they they were just really became this amazing support structure for each other and and you know there were lots of tears on the last the last day of of class so to speak before the pitch day you know and uh it was um you know, really interesting to just watch everybody come together. And I think a lot of them were surprised about how that, you know, that, that um, that social structure and the support of the teams became, almost became a major feature of the of the program.
0: Yeah, but they'll them. stay in touch that, for a long time. That network yeah. effect, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's do, amazing. Do you, do you kick them all out at the end? Is it just like clear your desk and you go? Or <laughs> oh, that's a
2: you? really good it's like, question. you know, awkward. We, we, <laughs> we don't, actually. Um, what we do, and this is another area which we, you know, where we, um, when we started, we kind of looked around the accelerator scene to say, you know, how could we, you know, improve on what's out there find the things that, you know, that are going well or are not going well and, you know, and, and do them better. And, and um, so we, um, when we finish the program, uh, we offer each of the teams to come back and, and be in residence with us for another three months. Okay. Um, so um, that gives them another three months of, of runway. So if they are raising money, they don't have to put all their newly, newly raised funds into operational costs to pay for where their, their office space is, et cetera, and keeping the lights on. So, um, so we think that's, that's really great. Some of them stay, some of them go. I mean, obviously the teams that aren't, aren't based here and have relocated for the program may go back to their home countries, but maybe about half of the teams will stay. Yeah. So it's really great.
0: And how were the uh, companies from last year? Where, where are they now?
2: Um, they are, um, some of them are still with us actually, okay. <laughs> still hanging around, but we, we love them. So it's okay. Um, yeah, they're all good. One of the teams, UX cam, they got into 500 startups. So they're in, um, California at the minute, okay. uh, doing that, which is, which is really great. Um, UX cams, UX cam. Yeah. What, what do they do? Um, they've got a very cool, um, a uh, little, uh, API that essentially is for web developers okay. where, or sorry, app developers, where if you, you, um, you can put it into your app into the code with about two, you know, in about two minutes. And essentially it lets you track, um, it lets you do like kind of live field testing of, of your app. So you can better understand how people are using it, okay. but it also uses the, um, the camera, um, of the, um, of the phone. So essentially, they, know, they can, you know, see where, where people are looking and how right. people are interacting with the app. Because they're, they're kind of, you know, part of their pitch is that only 1% of apps uh, make any money and the other 99% don't make any money. And the guys who make them don't know why. Right. So basically, this is sort of democratizes the ability to do field testing, which we'd normally do in a lab, right. which is a fabricated um, environment. Um, so you can watch people
0: typing and like swearing at the app or something like that. Well, basically it's just when you're
2: using, (laughs) no, it's when you use the app. So you're out and about using your app. So, you know, the meditation app you mentioned, if they installed that API on there, they would actually know how you're using it, how often, where you were looking, how you were doing it. Hopefully, you weren't watching the app while you were meditating.
0: No, I wasn't. my eyes were closed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. So, uh, okay. Mm.
2: So that. it's a cool, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool app. And you know, some of the teams have, have raised some funds. Uh, one of, one of our teams um, is, is is I won't say which one is about to announce a um, a really nice uh, size raise fundraise. So, you know, things are things are going well. The teams are, are seem to be getting you know. Cool getting traction
0: let's talk marketing that's your background you are also the CMO for for the for this um, this venture It Mm. seems like, and I want to hear your pet peeves, like, you know, in the startup space, there's always the tech guy, there's always the, this guy, but there's rarely the marketing guy. (laughs) And, you know, yet when we see these huge successes, it's because of sick UX and and fantastic marketing. You know, if you look at all the things that have come out of say an accelerator, Mm. like Y Combinator, Airbnb, or these names. So Mm. what what, what do you see? And is that that something that you're constantly thinking about for the next 14 weeks uh, about the marketing aspect, which probably gets left behind?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think our program is is, is quite well well rounded, you know, and I've, I've I've worked hard to bring in Wolf Olins and also Edelman on on the PR side, you know, so that so that our teams get exposed to that kind of stuff, and I bring in. Um, uh, uh, jam has been doing our social media workshops and, you know, so we try to, to make sure they get that kind of exposure. I mean, in 14 weeks and we were doing 12 weeks now, we've moved up to 14 just to give it a bit more, bit more air, you know, but there's a lot to cram in, you know, and you can't, you can't do everything, but, you know, I think just trying to get, you know, get some of the basics because who's, you're right. These, these teams, you know, tend not to have, you know, any of that marketing experience. Occasionally you'll find, you'll find some that do come from a marketing background, but, and they, and they can help each other in, you know, in the, in that way. Um, but yeah, it's a big, it's a big deficiency, you know, but, um, a couple of the teams, um, I've, I've done some, um, some work with where, cause I used to do run like branding workshops and naming workshops and things. So a couple of them were really struggling on how to articulate their, their brand proposition. And so I, you know, spent, you know, a few hours kind of helping them get a brand wheel and working through. And the other week, one of our teams, I was helping them with a name, with getting in, you know, finding a new name. So we we did a brand wheel and then we did some name name storming and you know hopefully they're gonna use one of the one of the names we've come up with. But you know, so I try to kind of dust off my old skills every so often and, and help the guys out if they if they need help.
0: Let's talk about names. We had um, the CEO of Nutmeg in here last week, yeah. uh, okay. Nick yeah. Hungerford they're running a fabulous business, you know, just raised thirty million dollars. And he said they spent they did 500 test names before they came up with Nutmeg. <laughs> wow! And they ran like all the numbers, and they had, a, I guess, a few choices they could they could do. I think he broke it down in three ways. One was like a name that's associated with the brand. One was something else, and then one was a very generic name like an Amazon or a Nutmeg mm-hmm. or something. And he was really serious about that name and it being so important. How do you feel about names? And how do you name storm? I never heard that name storm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, oh God, it's 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 one of the hardest things that you have to do. I mean, I, when I used to I used to consult. So before I started at Microsoft, I was running my own. Kind of branding and marketing consultancy called Branding Matters, and, and I used to get paid to come up with names for companies, and um, it's very hard. So after I did a few of them, I just kept putting my rates up and up you know, because it's it's bloody hard. And every you URL is gone, and you know this kind of thing. But you know I think it's hugely important, um, uh, you know how you put your put your you know your brand forward, and, and a name is only part of that that brand language and that overall kind of envelope that that you that, that is your, your brand. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's really important. And, and, um, you know, I see a lot of names come through that, you know, are, are aren't massively inspiring. And I see some that are, some that are really good, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a big one.
0: Have you ever been wrong about a name? And can you think of that name? Or have you seen a name and you're like, there's no way Amazon, what does that
2: mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I might have to come back to you okay, on that one, I'll give that some thought.
0: Is there any kind of rule of thumb with names? Is it like, don't make it too long or don't make it too specific? Or is there anything you usually tell people? Is it, is it rule? Well,
2: I mean, you know, everybody always wants, every, every client I've ever, ever had doing naming, they always want a one, the one syllable uh, name, okay. you know. That's what they always have. One syllable name. That's then what they all want. the
1: domains are taken. Then you, got, oh, like, you know, it's it's you
2: incredibly know. hard, and, um, and I think I think the thing I always encourage is that is that you have to actually set some uh, some guidelines up so that you because you can come up with loads of names, and if you don't know how you're going to evaluate them, then you know it's kind of a wasted exercise. So I really encourage um, during that process to um, to really uh, put those. That, that list of how you're going to evaluate the name. So what are the things that are important? You know, does, it, does it have to bring out a certain you know, particular aspect of the brand? You know, maybe if they want it to be you know, short or catchy, or maybe they want it to also be able to be used as a verb. You know, there are certain things that, you know, that, you, that, that you're going to pull, hold up, and if you've got that list of names, you can kind of say, okay, does it do these things? Ultimately, sometimes it just comes down to a gut, you know, a gut feeling.
0: And we usually Thanks, go with uh, the test audience and try some people and double-blind test and that kind of thing. Mm. We usually do that.
2: I think it's good to do that. Um, I think it's, it's really good to do that. It depends on the, you know, the budgets and whatever. But the, the guys I was helping, um, the team I was helping last week, um, I've suggested that they um, just um, buy, some, buy some AdWords, put up a couple of um, just kind of one-page um, holding pages with the different names and, and test out some, some messages and, and then whichever one gets the most. Cool. And so it's quite a low-cost way of... You know, i just triaging it.
0: Didn't like Tim Ferriss do that to name his book or something? Yeah, Ryan Holiday did it to name okay. his book, definitely. Right. But oh, yeah. Ferris, Tim Ferris, He's big yeah. into A/B testing, so I think he yeah, did yeah. And his cover as well. Mm. So he put a bunch of cover. I think he actually for the four hour work week. I think he made up his own covers and stuck them on the bookshop, and then he just went in there and stuck them up there and saw if anybody walked by and pulled up the book like oh, without them good. knowing. I think he right, did that. Right. So.
2: but you know, actually, it's, it just made me think because one of the new teams coming in is a, as a company called Would You? Okay. And they're basically an app for the indecisive. So basically it's like, would you, wouldn't you kind of thing. So you could, you right. could, you could actually do some brand testing or test your book cover, you know, on would you, and you can, it can just crowdsource, you right. know, whether people would or wouldn't,
0: I suppose.
2: So that could be quite fun. Did mm-hmm. you
0: test your crew cafe? Um, it's a great name.
1: Yeah, no, not, not, not really. We, nice. we got, you know, we had a good friend of, uh, of, of one of my founders, Badil. He used to run, you know, a marketing agency. And he's been sort of mentoring us through. And so originally when I came on board, it was Buzz. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and we got rid of that, and, and, and so we decided crew to, to, to luxury brand and stuff. Yeah,
2: a bit more upmarket up yeah. customers. There must
1: be hundreds of coffee companies in the world named Buzz. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like you know, an energy drink, right? We didn't want to be yeah, like yeah. that, you know, get a buzz or get a high. It's like you know, this is like a nice wine or a nice, mm. you know what I mean.
0: Too. i want to get uh Diane your thoughts on on bubbles okay you you were kind of, you moved to London uh, on the back of the dot com mm. bubble right was that two thousand you moved yep. over here yeah was it before the nasdaq kind of shh, shh. Just
2: only just before. So it was like
0: first quarter of 2000. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and I was funny enough in that bubble as well. I was at a dot com startup. We were selling luxury goods in New York City. I was a CFO. I was 27. That's a long story. But um, you know, we, we I barely remember kind of what it was like. But it was crazy. And um, I'm not saying it, we're in another one now. But people say it's frothy. We're seeing some great big, <laughs> b- you know, big rounds here. Uh, nice checks being cut to Transferwise, uh Nutmeg. We're seeing things in, in San Francisco heat up as well. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to you?
2: It feels amazing. I mean this is you know, this is an exciting time. I mean there's so much going on in the tech scene in London and I think it's I think it's amazingly exciting and I'm and I'm hopeful that, you know, we've we've all learned from the, the previous, you know, bubbles and that we're you know, we're doing things smarter and, and I think with the you know, kind of the movement around lean startup and everything, I think I think the, the approach is 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 good, you know. So I'm I'm hopeful.
0: Did it feel like a bubble back in the day, or do you remember, or do you remember a couple of things happening where you were like, this is just a little too much, where it's like oh, pets.com yeah. and things like that? What do you remember?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I think when I moved here, the, the whole Boo thing was going on, Boo.com. Boo, right. com. Boo um, they spent like $100 million on Boo or some mm, crazy
0: amount of money, and they were doing mm. fa- uh, online fashion. It was a Swedish company or something? Boo. Yeah. Boo yeah. It was Boo.com, bo B-O-O.com. That the. That's like yeah. the famous
2: UK right. kind of... Um, yeah, and they were going to sell
0: shoes and clothes, but I don't know if the site got launched. It was just
2: yeah. Like I'm not this... sure what happened, but that was kind of going on around the time that I that I moved here. But I mean, I, where I was in before I moved to the UK, I was in uh, Northern Virginia, um, just outside of Washington DC. On that, uh, there was the, you know a kind of a silicon
0: tech corridor tech
2: corridor going on, and AOL was there at the time. AOL was big and strong at that time. You know, I mean, times have changed so much since then, you know, but but even the little startup (laughs) that I, that I worked in that sent me to the UK to help them get started in the UK and Europe, you know, we we just, there were just ridiculous things going on there with, you know, we got like five rounds of funding and you know, it was just, it was, you know, it was, it was great, great times, you know, and it brought me to the UK. So changed my life. And you
0: stayed. Did you ever think about going back? Never. And what do you find different in the U.K. as opposed to the way things were in the U.S. as far as as tech-wise? And why stay?
2: Mm. So, I'll tackle the why stay part first. So, I mean, I think that uh, for me, I mean, I I just love London. You know, it's sort of home to me now. Although, like, when I go... Back to the States, I say I'm going home. And when I come back this way, I say the same. But, you know, I just love London. I think it's a fantastic city. And um, it's a great, you know, jumping off point for travel. And there's just so much going on. The kind of people that you meet, the things you have access to in London is just, you know, incredible from a personal and a a business perspective. Um, You know, I think that... um, yeah, it has a very different feel. Um, also, I think because, for example, you know, in, in Northern Virginia, and, and I don't know how it is in Silicon Valley, maybe you can comment on that, you know, I think in, it's, it's, it was quite spread out, you know. In, in London, everything's so dense and intense, you know what I mean? So I think you really feel it, and because there's so many events going on every every night, you know, you could be doing startup drinks and pitches, you twice, know.
1: Twice a night. <laughs> at, at least, at least, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if,
2: you, if you wanted to do that, so... Yeah anyway, I think it's, um, it just feels, it feels denser. I think it feels more buzzy and vibrant in a way.
0: And do you think as an American, you have an advantage over here? Do you think you've seen some things there and and you come with just a different perspective than say other people that are from here? Yeah,
2: It's interesting. I mean, I think I've been here so long now. I I don't have, you know, even like the moderate, you know, the more kind of in the past decade kind of American reference points for things. I don't, I don't really have them anymore because I've been here so long, but, um, but I think, I think there is, I, I do notice and people have have told me, especially when I am out giving, giving a talk or something, um, that, that, you know, if the people in the UK, startups in the UK, especially really look to America as kind of leading the, that, that way, especially on marketing and some other areas. So I think, um, there's a, there's a credibility, uh, piece that comes with being American in, in London, in the tech scene, I think.
0: That's an nice asset, definitely. Are you always looking at, at, to the West Coast and looking at that as far as what they're doing for marketing, that kind of thing? Are you reading TechCrunch and are you always kind of looking over there and watching what they're doing when it comes to what you do here?
2: Uh, we do. I mean, you, you know, you have to watch uh, the the whole the whole scene, don't you? But you know, but we've been hearing a lot from people in the Valley that that they're like, don't don't come over here anymore. We're all coming over to London, so things are changing. And a bit. when
0: it comes to Seattle, is it hard getting their attention? Like we're over here or we're doing these things with this venture because Microsoft's a huge company.
2: It is a big company, but you know, we have a new CEO, Satya Nadella, yep. and he's, yep. um, he's very big on, um, uh, you know, Entrepreneurism and and doing things differently and changing the company and and so uh, the the work that we're doing with ventures around the world has really caught his attention um, for what I understand and so you know I think um, I think as a company this is you know this is exactly the kind of stuff that you know this company at this time you know should be doing and it's a real I think it's a real beacon in that way.
0: Would you have gone into an accelerator program like this? Um, maybe,
1: maybe. I think I I, I feel like. For me, I sort of really jumped off selling a product, like a physical product yeah. that was shipped. <clears throat> and I think it, I couldn't have gone in after I had started because I need space for dispatching yeah, and warehousing right. and stuff like that. Um, but I absolutely could have used it before I started shipping goods. You know, I think about the money I spent and, you know, some legal fees and just sort of getting the incorporation down and some patents and some mm-hmm. trademarks and all that sort of stuff probably would have, because I learned all from the, the start and fumbled a few times. So, uh, yeah. And you don't know so what so you
2: don't know at that point. Exactly, so it's, yeah. just, it's yeah. very tricky.
1: So for me, I think they make a lot of sense for, for my business, mm. um, to, to, actually before I had the physical product, Mm.
0: All right. Talk to me about tech bikers. You're part of this crew, right? We had Easy Vidra <laughs> yes. in here. He's always oh, cool. pushing tech bikers when he's not throwing, he's not, when he's not doing the ice bucket challenge. When, when, when is the tech bikers? When does that happen? It's, <laughs> it's on the
2: 19th of September. Oh, I you think are you going? I'm not riding this year. You're not riding this
0: year, but you went no, last year, right? I did go
2: last year. You're not yeah.
0: getting shamed into riding this year? <laughs> Wait till Easy hears about this. Oh, he, knows, he watches he every show as well. <laughs> So uh, Hi, easy. <laughs> it's quite a, it's quite a crew though that go, right? Yeah, there were involved. 70
2: of us last year.
0: Okay. Oh, how was it? Was it fun? Was it, was it dangerous? Awesome.
2: Uh, a little bit, perhaps. <laughs> we had one injury. One, one guy got hit by a car, which was really oh, wow. horrible. Actually hit,
0: Cause it's London to Paris, right?
2: It's Paris to London. Paris to London. Yeah. So oh, okay. you wake up really early, take the Eurostar over. They ship the bikes over on in a truck or something. And then, yeah, we get there. They take us in an open top bus to the Eiffel Tower and all the bikes are there waiting for us. It's really okay. awesome. Wow. It's really, uh, really, you know, very cool. How
0: long's a ride that. to get back?
2: Uh, you ride over three days. It's 200 miles. Okay. And uh, it was, yeah, it was one of the coolest things I've, I've done. I mean, I, before I did tech bikers, the longest I'd ever ridden before I started training was maybe three times around Regent's Park. So <laughs> it was pretty uh, ambitious. And um, I trained for maybe a month and a half, if that, maybe five weeks. And um, yeah, it was unbelievable, unbelievable experience.
0: You know, I always wanted to ask people that come on here, what kind of, what kind of social events do you go to when it comes to tech? You know, i never really asked anyone this. I mean, besides like something like tech bikers, is there, are you out a couple times a week? Are you go to, to certain events? Do you try to, do you do women in tech stuff? Do you not mm. do that? I, I'm just curious.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so there's so much stuff. I mean, and it's tricky because when we're in session with an accelerator, we've got a lot of our own events, so it's really tough sometimes to get out to to other events. So, so some of the stuff we do, you know, we we go to our own events. We run to, when we're in session with an accelerator, we run a, a series called Inside MSVA, which is Inside Microsoft Ventures Accelerator, and it's kind of a, you know, uh, sort of open the kimono a bit and show people what, what it's like, what life is like inside the accelerator. So we do a panel of some of the teams that are. In the program, and we do that three times once a month during the program, and we invite you know startups we get sixty seventy eighty people coming coming to hear what the teams have to say because they you know people want to know what. You know, if they, sure. if they want to apply, what, you know, what, what are they in for? You know, what is it like? And, and mingle with each other. So, you know, we do those. Um, we also host, um, Astia, um, uh, every month or so, okay. uh, which is Astia. women in tech. Yeah. Astia. Okay. It's okay. there. Um, That's probably why I about... haven't got
0: invited. Or yeah, is it for to me. men too? Or is yeah, it just women Yeah, there lots of men there
2: as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Astia. It's not exclusively for women, but their, their, their organization is about supporting, uh, women and, and women, women co-founders or founders, uh, especially around the funding area and, and some other, some other areas. So um, so we do that. Occasionally, we pop over to Three Beards, which is always nice on a Friday night. Um, you know, there's so many things going on. Startup Grind. Um, right. There's a the hipsters, hipsters, hustlers, and hack- hackers. I can't even say it. I don't know that. Triple one. H. That's a new. It's slightly new hipsters, one. Hipsters,
0: hustlers, and hackers. Yeah, and we've and been doing hipsters, some sponsorship of that of that one. Yeah. And what is that? Just a get together, or do they? Yeah,
2: they do something really cool. Actually, I haven't been yet, but one of my colleagues. Um, who focuses on app app developers we 've been sponsoring we 've started sponsoring them, and um, uh, they basically it's they, they, they get i don 't know i think at least a hundred maybe more two hundred people at the event and and they go around and everyone has i think thirty seconds to pitch to intro and literally they go around the room fast and they also have apparently they have a big like water water gun Uzi mm. kind of thing, so if, if you, you go, go over, over they will
0: they will hit they you. They will the
2: douse spray. you. And right. um, basically, they do that at the beginning. And so everybody gets 30 seconds. And then basically, it's networking. But that way, you know that like, the, the person across the room is like, oh, I've been wanting to talk to that person right. or whatever. So basically, they, that's how they structure it. But so it sounds really good. I'm hoping to go to the next one.
0: I okay. like that. I mean, how many times have you gone to an event and you talked to four people? Yeah. And yet, there were 40 people there. That, and you would have liked to know what was going on. I mean, that's it's hard right. sometimes because you go to these events. There's only so much time.
2: Yeah, you don't know who's chat. in the room. So yeah. I think it's quite a good concept. I yeah, like it
0: Let's talk about women in tech really quick. Um, A lot of big companies have started publishing their whole demographics of their companies, right, at Google. Mm -hmm. And you see, obviously, this huge propensity for men, for white men, and it's just something that the industry is trying to address. What's your view on women in tech? I know that's a really general question. I'm trying to think of a better way to ask this. But is there a problem? How do we fix it? Where do you come in on this?
2: Okay, it is a good question. And it's kind of a hot topic, I suppose. I mean, Microsoft as a company, we are... Um, you know, we're very um, interested in growing diversity, and we have a lot of programs around um, uh, girls in tech. You know, and getting more girls into into coding, we have we do a program called Digi Girls, and we have some other initiatives. So, you know, as a company, we're we're very supportive, and we and we sponsor Astia globally um, through Microsoft Ventures. And um, uh, you know, I, I think as I as I look around the tech scene, and I've, I've been in technology for for a long time, from back in the states and over to here, and you know, it's still very largely male dominated. Um, I think it's, um, I think we need more, we need to see more women in tech. Um, you know, I think, I think, um, it's just about, you know, really encouraging women to, to go and take those, take those risks and not, and not feel, I think, you know, in talking to some women, um, that I've spoken to recently, you know, they, they really get a feeling when they go into a room full of entrepreneurs, they don't see people like them, they, there aren't other women and they feel that maybe it's not the place for them. And I, you know, I, I, my message would be, it doesn't matter, you know, go and do it because it's all about, you know, making things happen, starting, starting a great new venture, you know, m- developing uh, great partnerships and finding co-founders. And I, I think, I think we need, just need more women kind of saying I am going to go and, and take the plunge.
0: Does it have to start young, like we had Claire from Code Club on, where they're you know teaching you know eight year old girls mm-hmm. to code? Does it have to start on that level?
2: I think I think it's it's a good place to start, you know. And, and we've um, we've been working really hard at Microsoft. Um, we we were very um, instrumental in um, getting a change to the um, the STEM curriculum, in, in I think in primary schools. Okay. Uh, and now they have to they're teaching computer. Uh, skills in in the primary school as part of the core curriculum. Here in and the that's, UK, right? Yeah, in the UK, and in, that's been a big year, a big coup. Right? Yeah. yeah, so that was um, very uh, very much driven by some of my um, amazing colleagues who who work in that area. And we've actually just um, done a partnership with um, announced a partnership with the Nominet Trust and the the Duke of York. Um, they they're running a program called the Idea Program, which is um, all about I think their website is a Million Young Minds, and basically it's about building digital skills for young people um, in the UK. And, you know, this stuff is so important, and and obviously it's not focused specifically on on girls, but, you know, this is part and parcel of it, you know, just getting more people um, thinking about how they can um, build digital skills and what that might mean for them and for the future.
0: I think it has to start early. I mean, because they were, they were looking at the demographics of, say, at Google or a Twitter, and then they were comparing them, say, to the computer science program at Stanford. And, you know, there was a trend just in computer science degrees for them right. to be very white and male-oriented. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's they're like, well, that's what we're getting our applicants from. So it seems like, yes, you need to push from both sides. But, you know, typically, computer science 20, 30 years ago, it was not only white males. It was the white males that got beat up when they were kids. So it was a really tight demographic <laughs> of people that would code when they were kids. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's
1: going to take time. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a bit of an evolution. It, take, it will take 10 years or so to really see a massive change yeah, and it, and also, it, from, from the ground, from the ground, like the eight year old girls who are starting now, but you know, do you know how to code?
2: Me, I don't. Neither know.
1: Neither do I. And so That's I think it, it's, it's also, it's like, yes, start early. But if you're mm-hmm. not eight years old, it, you can still be part of tech without being able to code necessarily, right? And marketing is such a huge part. And right. there's so many different things. Everything's tech now, everything. And so all these companies that are tech still need, you know, they're moving yeah. products like my company and they need, they need
0: lots of different skills. So
2: That's right. And uh, do you guys know um, uh, Decoded.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We know Catherine. Yeah. We haven't had her on yet.
2: Okay. Yeah. She's great. And, and we actually did a, did an event with them where it was all about, uh, co- learn to code in a day with, um, women in right. tech. And actually we, the, the woman who won that, we, we gave her a place, uh, a co-working place in the, at the accelerator. So she, you know, uh, was with us for a couple of months and, um, uh, you know, just got to kind of soak up the, the atmosphere and she had a finance background. So she helped a lot of the teams while she sure. was there. And, um, you know, it's, it's those kinds of initiatives, you know, and I think also I was having a chat about this the other day. We had the, um, uh, one of the founders of mums in, and we were talking about the fact that there is a bit of a stigma you know for young women they maybe they don 't think it 's cool, but you know and it 's it's too geeky, but you know there is a need to change that um, to change that um, that thinking and and create um, that kind of the, the cool currency because they also um, you know they can they can learn that actually they can find ways to to do things that realize some of their passions whether it's music or, um, or fashion or whatever it might be you know through, through learning to code and they can build things that actually help them you know put that stuff out on the yeah. on the website. I know Campus
0: London has a mom's day, you know, where yeah, they can yeah. come it's in for oh, yeah. like, like one day a week. So, I think one of the people we had here six months ago, it mm-hmm. might have been John Bradford from Techstars, I'm not sure, but he, he one of his recommendations was get a woman on your team, on your startup yeah, team, that. you know, get mm. some female yeah. energy in the room, mm-hmm. and that's good advice, yeah, especially really good. when you got a bunch of dudes
2: Absolutely. around sometimes. It's just, yeah. Well,
0: it's your product, you know, you think about demographics mm-hmm. of your customers. Yeah. <laughs> you for a lot of reasons, them. that's one yeah. reason, and then just to get a different perspective. Sure. Yeah,
2: but they do talk about that that, that leadership teams that are that have that diversity and have a women on them are have you know have higher success rates and things like that I don't a, to, I don't it's a sexist you.
0: comment is
1: what that is Hi, i'll, I'll, I'll have, just throw I've, that in there i have Why seven not? women in my office and do you, two guys, do you? So look at completely. you completely
0: no wonder you're so successful but it's 70 <laughs>
1: 70 of people that buy nespressos are
0: is it all right so you really need that yeah smart oh. I, I i didn't plan it it's just how you know just happened. Well, um, Diane, I'm going to hit you with a few questions that we hit um, everyone with at the end. Okay. Um, so here we go. If you could make a, a phone call to the 20-year-old Diane Perlman and give that young lady <laughs> a bit of advice. I'm not quite sure what she was up to. Um, but what would you tell her to do?
2: The 20-year-old me. Gosh. What would I say?
0: What were you doing?
2: What was I doing? I was um, the 20-year-old me. Well, I was still in uni, wasn't I? I was still in uni. Um, so gosh, uh, Oh, I know one thing I would have not dropped Spanish as a, uh, as an elective in, in university. Mm. That's one thing
0: because it's the second language in America.
2: No, because I love, beautiful. I love to travel to Spain and to Latin America uh. and I speak Spanish, but uh, cause I learned it in, in high school, but I, I got some very bad advice from a, from a guidance counselor. But anyway, that's not about tech though. But I think, I think the other thing is, you know, is just, just like, uh, you know, learning learning as much as you can, you know, and and, and and finding finding great mentors, you know, as early as you can that can really help you, kind of, guide you in your way. I think you know that's that'd be a good thing.
0: Did you have those mentors? Me. Uh,
2: eventually, I did. I mean, obviously, you know, well, I say my parents were you know great great role models. My dad, well, he's sort of an entrepreneur. He's he actually is an entrepreneur. Actually, he we wrote a book called um, uh, called Making It On Your Own. Um, cool. When uh, back when I was a kid, yeah, and cool. uh, yeah, um, so you know he's he's a psychologist, but he used to work work for himself. And he, anyway, so I kind of grew up in that in that culture. So I you know I always had that kind of kind of attitude. But um, but when I in my in my first um, and second jobs out of out of uni, I had some, some very strong mentors um, and, and beyond. Good advice. Okay. One thing about
0: mentors, people like, don't realize sometimes, because we've had a bunch of people on here that have had great mentors, is it's not always a formal relationship of mm. I am your mentor. Will you right. be my mentor? It that's happens right. in all sorts of guises. So yeah, you try. don't have to just call this person up and says, will you be my mentor? And we're going to have coffee once a week. It can like, have <laughs> lots of strange forms. So
2: well, that's don't, right.
0: don't search too much sometimes. Um, on that same note, what's the best advice you've ever received? Could be business, could be personal.
2: Oh gosh, I think um, actually the one that always comes to mind is um, so when I uh, when I before I joined the startup that took me to London. Um, I was working in a uh, kind of a communications agency. I had quite a cushy job, you know, nice salary, nice title. I was, you know, I was young. And um, not like now. And. We're <laughs> and, all um, and um, old man
1: here at the time. I know.
2: <laughs> and, um, and basically, I, I, you know, I've been offered this role at a, at a startup. There were 13 people. I was going to join the leadership team as a marketing director. You know, it was kind of big and scary. You know, I was going to take a salary cut to go there, but I was going to get some, get some shares and this kind of thing. And um, I really didn't know what to do. And I felt like it was, it was quite a scary time. And I called actually a, a, a then mentor of mine, a guy who was a very successful um, tech entrepreneur. And, um, and I said to him, a guy called Mario Marino, you might, might have heard of in the US, he was quite, he was quite famous. But he, um, I said, you know, what should I do? How do I know if it's the right time to, to jump off? And he just said to me, Diane, don't think about it as jumping off. Think about it as jumping in. Nice. And uh, right. it, was, it was a beautiful metaphor. And for <laughs> me, it was like it took that, you know, you're at the edge of the precipice. And instead of that fearful kind of creeping onto the edge and plunging down to some unknown fate, you know, you're all of a sudden you're just kind of soaring. And, it, you know, that's kind of driven me. I always give that advice to startups. That's
0: good advice. It is. Yeah. Jump in, jump into that bad decision. now.
2: that's right. (laughs) With your eyes closed. Yeah. Lean in, lean in,
0: lean in, (laughs) jump in. Um, the last part of that question is to the 20 year old that's listening to us around the world. That's, that's thinking about going into tech, not sure that could be in China, that could be in Australia Mm -hmm. or South America. What advice do you give to them? What should they do?
2: Uh, I think the main thing is, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to fail. I think when you're, when you're young, you think you need to pick a career or do something, and that's the thing you're going to do, you know, and it's, and it's the be-all, end-all of decisions. And I think, I think the thing is that, you know, the, the more you try and do and fail, the more you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna learn and you're going to get that experience, and then you're going to get stronger the next time. So I think, you know, I think the main thing is don't be afraid of failure and learn those lessons early. The, the earlier you, you learn that, the more you're going to put yourself ahead of, you know, all the other, all the other rest of the pack. Um, who are, who are sitting kind of on the sidelines afraid to dip their toe in the water, but you're going to have those lessons and then you're going to be stronger and, and uh, move forward more quickly.
0: Fail fast as they say. Mm, yeah. Fail
2: fast, fail forward. And the yeah. last
0: question is how many Bikram yoga sessions have you completed in your lifetime?
2: <laughs> in my lifetime? Oh my gosh. You know, I've been doing it for about 12 Twelve years now, maybe. So not hundreds, maybe. And, and when I used to work on my own, when I worked from home for about seven years, I would go probably four or five times a week, for quite a number of years. So a lot thousands. Less now, so but thousands. Probably, yeah, a lot. Wow.
0: Okay, you're addicted.
2: And if you if you had to
0: convince someone like Colin to go, what 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 do you tell people? Or do you have you have you given up on t- on t- talking people on a Like what do you say to people? I'm convinced already. You're going to yeah. feel great. <laughs> your smile, uh, ear to ear. I can. Yeah. What are you going to tell what do you tell people?
2: What do you tell them? I I think I think what I normally would say is that it's a bit weird. It's not for everyone. It's sure. very sweaty, but you know, you, you, you it's amazing how what it can how it can transform your your body, your mind, um, your approach. Um it's been it's been really transformative for me and I think I think it's just an amazing you know, it's an amazing thing thing to do and you kind of think people think oh yoga and you're just kind of standing around and it's for wimps or whatever but this is pretty hardcore. So Yeah, uh, I did yoga for the yeah. first
1: time and I remember the day after I was more sore. Yeah. Uh like for my muscles and than sort of like a big workout.
2: Exactly. You know, it was that's what got me got me hooked because the, the day I did it, I uh, the next day I could I could barely move, right. you know, and yeah, I was exactly. like,
0: this feels good. Something must have. And happened. I went
2: back the next day and then never stopped. So there you go. Plus you yeah. go to the a seven different
0: seven seven. mental state too. Like yeah. when you're in that heat, like you're definitely kind of <laughs> on a weird high when you get out of there, right? Mm.
2: Yeah, I think every time is different, and that's the thing I like about it as well. Because some days I come out, I feel really energized at the end of class. Like when you, you know, you're at the end of class, that you're kind of in a little meditation, you know, lying down. And uh, some days I'm, I'm, I could fall asleep uh, in that, you know, in that, yeah. that one minute that we lie there. And some days I can't even close my eyes. I'm just so I'm so energized. So I think it depends. Every day's different, but yeah, you get a lot out of it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Big Ram Yoga. Exactly. All right, fantastic. Exactly. Um, Click here for the <laughs> <laughs> Click here to go. Uh, Diane, thanks so much for coming. Uh, I love this story. Uh, it sounds very cool what you guys are doing, and you have a sick asset structure and backbone with Microsoft. So, um, can't wait to see this. Is there still time left for them to apply to show up on Monday? That's all <laughs> I wanted to know. Uh, <laughs> you, if they just show up, if they just allow show up, in? what
2: will we do? I don't know. Maybe we'll let's find out.
0: That's a good question. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I like your tenacity. Yeah, that would be good. Well, right? you know,
2: yeah. we always say that we respect. We expect a a bit of hustle in a startup. So, you know,
0: yeah, well, they would have to have been watching it live. So there's, there's, it's going to happen, right? Um, You still have two days left. Um, And uh, (laughs) how do they contact you? Is Twitter the best or should they email you? uh, Microsoft Ventures, what's the best? Uh,
2: Yeah. Twitter is a great way to contact us. We are MSFT Ventures UK on Twitter or, or me it's Diane underscore Perlman. Um, And, um, and then you can email us MSVuk at Microsoft.com.
0: Okay. Fantastic. And you will do another one next year. Is there any chance you'll do two next year? Well, cohorts. Okay, yeah, yeah, what cohorts. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, we um, we run two a year, so we'll start again oh, in, in March. Okay. Yeah, so in sometime March. this this autumn we'll open applications again. For the, um, for the March uh, batch, yeah.
0: Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Awesome, excellent. Um, that's episode 60, I believe, somewhere 17. around there. Yep. Um, it's all good. We've got uh, two or three people doing all sorts of work for us on Silicon Reel. If people want to help, it's hello at siliconreel.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can get this downloaded free to your smartphone. Uh, just go to iTunes and uh, download the podcast. There'll be a link somewhere down here. And um, got to give you a Windows
2: phone app. Us, give yeah, us get the <laughs> Windows phone app, sorry. There we what go. What am I saying? Windows phone go. app. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And, and rate <coughs> us, rate us. Help. Ratings actually help. So yeah. um, if you're listening to us, if you're on YouTube, just, you know, if you like it, if you rate us. If you don't like it, rate us.
0: Yeah. And on that note, yeah, click us a like on YouTube, share with your friends. This is a total uh, guerrilla viral network <laughs> grassroots movement. So yeah. tell a few of your friends. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you have any guest suggestions, let us know. We're working on getting uh, Uber on here to find out everything that's going on with them. A bunch of other people we Yeah, I've been on.
1: really... Uh, look, I, sp- I spent a lot of time over the last few weeks trying to sort of line up guests over the next few months and there's some really cool stuff going on so if we reach out to you on Twitter and you're
0: interested DM us and, uh, and we'll make it happen yeah it's all good and yeah. Uh, yeah it's a fantastic platform Diane just had so much fun I can tell and uh, there you go as we say on Silicon Reel it's about the people Diane thanks so much and all the best thank you All right, take care
1: What's really attracted our customers is, is simply the, the transparency and the ease of use. British people like squirreling away their money and their accounts in different pockets. So they very, very rarely tell anyone where everything is. <laughs> and they're certainly not going to tell a website because they don't want one website knowing
2: where everything is. If you make it easy for people to take out their money, they trust you more. If we are more open with them, they tend to be more open with us.